0: I have another opportunity to be with your people, oh God, another opportunity, God, to hear your word, another opportunity, God, to magnify you, another opportunity, God, just to say thank you for your goodness, thank you for your grace, thank you for your merciful kindness, Lord, you are worthy, Almighty God, there is none like you, God, I want to thank you, Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being so good to us, for being so good to us, oh God, for just being so good, oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Praise God. Better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. Praise God. Well, we want to go right into our lesson tonight, amen. Last month we talked about a better promise, amen, and so... Amen. We saw that God's promises are yea, and they're amen. Amen. The new lessons are back there on the back table. I'm sorry if you didn't get them. Amen. My mistake. <laughs> amen. Uh, but we saw last last month we was talking about a better promise. Amen. And the things about the promises of God is is when we read them, we've got to embrace it. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 that, you know, these all died in faith, having not received the promise. But they had seen them afar off, and they were persuaded by them, and they embraced them, and they declared plainly that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Amen. Why? Because they're looking for a city who has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And we're going to a better place. We're seeking for that same city where God has gone to prepare for us. Jesus says, i go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you shall be also. Amen. And so, the, as we see, this whole theme of the year is better, better. And you will realize that as you read the Word of God, like I do, you realize that the things of God are always so much better. Better is one day in His courts than thousands elsewhere. Amen. Praise God. The psalmist knew what he was talking about. I, you know, the old folks used to say, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountains, cleansed by his blood, Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family. Of God. Amen. He didn't have to let me see this. He didn't let me have to be a part of it. But amen. Because of his goodness and mercy. He pulled us out of darkness. And revealed to us the hidden mysteries. As Paul says. Of God. Amen. Without controversy. Great is the mystery of Godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. And received back up in glory. Amen. And so we want to talk about a better sacrifice, a better sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 23, the Bible says, amen, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these amen and that's what we're talking about that last part there better sacrifices the book of hebrews is titled better things the entire premises of the book once understood shall call us to read the reader excuse me that should be the reader cause the reader not read to conclude that jesus christ by coming into the world made things so much better for us. The writer of Hebrews lets us know in the 8th chapter in the 5th verse that Moses was instructed by God to see that he make all things according to the pattern shown him in the mount, Hebrews 8, five. When we study and attain understanding of this book, we too will see the types and shadows of heavenly things and how they apply to our lives. During this lesson, we will look at how Christ's one sacrifice for sin was better than all the sacrifices that was ever offered. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves were better sacrificed than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sins by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this to judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Amen. So notice, amen, if you would there, the writer lets us know that it was necessary that the pattern of things in heaven should be purified with these. When you go back and you look at the tabernacle in the wilderness, amen. The Bible lets us know as you begin to read through the book of Hebrews, you will see that it tells us that Moses sanctified the items in the tabernacle of the wilderness with blood. With hyssop he, he 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 dipped it in there and he he sprinkled all the instruments all over the the sanctuary and the holy place as he was dedicating this temple. Amen. And so this when you look at the tabernacle in the wilderness, it was a pattern of heavenly things. Amen. When we began to look at the entrance, the Bible tells us, Amen, there was a gate. The gate was always pointed to the east. Every time they set up that tabernacle, it had to be pointed to the east. Amen. Why? Because the sun rises in the east. This is why David would say. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. So every time we wake up, we should come before his presence with thanksgiving in our heart. By him, therefore, the writer of Hebrews says, let us offer the sacrifices of praise continually with the fruits of our lips giving thanks unto his name. Amen. So we come before him, amen, with with thanksgiving and praise in our lips. Then the next item you encounter was the altar. Notice these are the things that are in the outer court. To me, that's why I say, you know, praise and worship and and coming to the altar for repentance and washing and purifying by the word of God. Amen. A lot of this thing should be done outside. It should be a continual process in your own life. You should have your own altar. You should have your own way of praising and serving God continually. Amen. You should be in the word of God. Asking God to cleanse you and to purify you by the washing of the water of the word. Amen. So that when you come into the sanctuary, Amen, you're ready to receive. The Word of God. That's why the bread was there. It's called the Word of God, and that's why the lamp was there, which is called the light, or God is the light. See, when you come into the sanctuary, because you have already came to God in praise, you have already washed yourself with the water of the Word, you have already participated at your own personal altar, cleansing yourself and asking God to forgive you of all wrongs and all sins, you come to the sanctuary ready to praise God. He's made a way. Amen. And so when you will come into the sanctuary to get the word, the light comes on. Amen. Why? Because he is the light. He is the word. Amen. And so in the sanctuary, that's why then you had that altar of incense. What was it set at? The altar of incense was always set just as you got ready to enter into the holies of all. So you now you move to that point where you are getting ready to present yourself in worship to God. Amen. As a sweet smelling offering and sacrifice. This is why the writer in he, Ephesians 5 1 says, be you therefore followers of God as your children and walk in love as he's love does and give himself as an offering and a sacrifice to praise to God continually. Amen. So we need to, as a sweet smelling savor. See, we've got all the junk out of us. By the time we get to the sanctuary, so when it's time for us to move forward because we hear the word, we come before his presence, amen, with worship, and we enter as a sweet smell and savor unto the Lord. We present ourselves, what, as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, and we're not going to be conformed to the word, but we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Amen. So when we come into that holy of all, we enter before the mercy seat. Amen. And that mercy seat, this is why, uh, Solomon would write in Lamb, I mean, Jeremiah, excuse me, would write in Lamentations 3. It is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed because what? His compassion fell not that renewed every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. The Psalms also tell us in Psalm 62, 11, God God has spoken once and twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God and also mercy belongs to God. <laughs> That's why when you read uh, Bonamaze in Luke chapter, at the end of Luke chapter 18 and, and Mark, all I mentioned about when Jesus was walking by the wayside and the blind man began to cry, he says, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. See? Because mercy belongs to God. So when you come to that mercy seat, you're seeking for God. Amen. And then you look at the ark itself and what was in the ark. The table of stones. The bread of the pot of manna. And also Aaron's rod that budded, it. Amen. The word of life. The resurrection and the life. And the bread of life. It shows that God sustains, God leads, and God provides. Amen. The word of life, the resurrection of life, because that stick was dead. (laughs) But the next morning it was alive, right? I think Ephesians say, you who is dead in your trespasses and sins, as he quickened together by grace are you saved. Amen. And so, but later on you find out when Solomon gets the temple, what's in there? Nothing but the table of stones. The rod is gone and the manna is gone. Unless you know, as long as you got the words, you got the other two. <laughs> Amen. Because it's all him. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And then the angels. Are not the Hebrews 1.14 says, are not they all ministering in spirits? And forth the minister to them, which are the heirs of salvation. Amen. And also the angels represent messengers. Amen. And God is a messenger. Amen. So when you look at all the whole thing, it all represents God. It's a type and shadow of heavenly things. Say, and so that's, that's why we have to get into realizing how the pattern really flows. And so Moses sanctified these things with the blood of bulls and goats, but we know the scriptures tell us that it was impossible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away the sin of the people. Say, so we have to realize that we needed a better sacrifice. Amen. And we find here in the scripture that we see that there, in order to have a New Testament, they had to be a death of a testator. Amen. And so Jesus Christ came to fulfill that purpose so that we could be saved. Amen. We go on. We read here. But he became the high priest and went when once with the, his own blood, pure blood. Amen. Once with royal blood, once with holy blood, because he knew that sin to be given, to be removed, it took royal blood. That's why the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. See, that's why Peter on the day of Pentecost, he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But see, in Luke 24, Jesus had already told them that repentance and remission of sins must be preached in his name against all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And that's why when you read what Luke puts just a small portion of those that was in Jerusalem that day. He began to say there was Perthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocians, and Pontus and Asia, Phygeophan, Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya, Baselian, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselyte, Greeks and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. They're at Jerusalem. And so as Peter began to preach about Jesus Christ, and what had transpired, he was not being mean in his, in his preaching. He was just telling them that, hey, this comes from God. And if you want your sins remitted, then you need to repent. And you need to be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because the promise goes back to what we talked about last month. is to you. And to your children and all that are for all. See, that one sin, that one sacrifice made it possible for everybody's sins to be remitted and to be removed. Just that one sin. And so we have to realize the value and the importance of what this thing really did and brought forth for us. Amen. Now let's look at Isaiah 53. We're talking about this better uh, sacrifice, and we know that you know the sacrifice is either a person or an animal uh, that is offered to God or to a divine or supernatural figure for Amen for the take away of the removed sins. Isaiah fifty three, Amen. Isaiah, you know, when you look at the book of Isaiah, and to me, Isaiah and John are probably the the two most writers in the entire Bible that that brings forth the deity. Of Jesus Christ than, than any other. Uh, when you read Isaiah you'll find constantly that in every chapter he's going to drop a nugget of gold uh, in there to let you know that Jesus is God or you're going to miss it. You can't read Isaiah too fast. <laughs> he, he's going to drop a nugget of gold right in your lap and you know if, if you miss it then it'll throw you off sometimes. So that's why with Isaiah those sixty-something chapters you're gonna have to walk it a little bit slow because he he's pounding you underneath the current to some degree of the hidden matter of God. Every now and then he he'll, he'll bring it out to you to let you where well, you can really see it, but most of the time is 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 hidden underneath. Amen. Isaiah chapter fifty-three, verse one to twelve. Who have believed our report? Into Whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it was our face from him. He is despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he abhorred our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked. And with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And to put him to open grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous servants justify many, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall buy the small with the strong. Because he had poured out his soul into death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sins of sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Now, notice what Isaiah shows you here. He's led as a sheep or a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep dumb before his shearers, he opened not his mouth. You get a picture later on when you get to the New Testament who he's talking about. This is why in Acts chapter eight the eunuch is reading the same passage. And he said to Philip, who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself? Or is he talking about someone else? And what did Philip do? He started at the same passage in Isaiah 53. And who did he expound to them? Jesus. Amen. To give us that this better sacrifice. Amen. That's lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Amen. The one that will come to take the sins away of the whole world. Notice at the end it says he bear the sin of many. Amen. Because when you come to God, when you repent of your sins, he's the only one that can forgive you of your sins. No one else can forgive you of sins. The church can't forgive you of your sins. Nobody, no human being can forgive you of your sins. The pattern of the things to forgive sins was in the earth. But the only one that can forgive is God. That's why Peter says in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name given to man under heaven whereby we must be saved. Amen. So the only way we can get rid of our sins is Jesus Christ. This is why Acts 2.38, Peter pounds it. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or the removal of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because the royal blood is applied in the waters of baptism. And it washes those sins away. This is why, after you have repented of your sins, you must now strive to maintain purity in your life. You must get to that point, as I said earlier at the onset, where you get into the word of God and have God to wash you and to cleanse you by the washing and renewing in the water of the word. Amen. We need to go on to what? Perfection. We need to move on to where we're complete in God so that we don't entangle ourselves with the cares of this life. Because the enemy desires to pull you back. He desires to bring you back. But this one sacrifice, this better sacrifice than all the animals that could ever be given could not take away the sins of the people. But Jesus, that one sin, not one one sin, but one offering, excuse me, was able to wipe the slate clean because he's God. Amen. Paul, right into the church of Rome state, amen. If you want to go there in the fifth chapter of Rome, Romans chapter 5, verse 16, verse 17. Paul says, for when we were yet without strength, verse 6, 6 through 17. Paul says, when we were yet without strength and due time. Christ died for the ungodly. Is anybody, was anybody ungodly other than me? <laughs>
1: when I had no strength, when I had no
0: power. See, when I didn't have the right mindset to make the right choices and all these things in my life. He says, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarce a righteous man would one die. Yet by chance, a provincial, a good man, some was even dared to die, but God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Notice, when we were sinners, before I was ever in my father and mother's womb, say, because we took on that nature, of the first man, Adam. See? And so therefore, we needed a sacrifice. He commended, amen, his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath for him. The judgment to come. We can be saved. Because of the blood. We're justified by his blood. Amen. That's why Paul says you're washed. You're justified. You're sanctified in the name of the Lord and by the spirit of our God. See? We are justified in that blood. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more than reconciled. We should be saved by his life. Amen. This is why Paul, writing to the church, when you get to the sixth chapter, he talks, he asked us, he says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So God forbid. No, you not. that so many of us that was baptized into Jesus Christ, we was baptized to in his death, that we're there with him by baptism, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we should be walking in newness of life. See, this sacrifice made so many things possible for us. See, before we didn't have these things. We, we've seen last month, we was talking about Ephesians 2. Remember, Paul says, remember, you were Gentiles. You was aliens. You was without God. You had no hope. You had no power. But God committed His love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, He died for us as well. See, and so now we're justified by His blood. We take His blood upon us, which washed away our sins. We were His enemies, but now we're reconciled to God by His life. Amen. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You ever get excited? Amen. You should have joy at all times. And knowing who you are now. And what he has done. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul said. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderations be known all men. The Lord is at hand. This better sacrifice brought so many better things. Amen. I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be discouraged. Because his life is new in me. He gives me strength when I didn't have strength. He gives me power when I didn't have power. He feeds me with good things, the Substance said, so that my youth is renewed like an eagle. I can soar above my problems. I can soar above my situation. Because of this one sacrifice. That washed me. That took away my sins. Amen. He did so many great things for me. Just one offering and one sacrifice for my sin. Amen. To cleanse me. To purify me. To put his word in me. To make me his own. His sons and his daughters. Amen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. To whom we now have received the atonement. Amen. The day of atonement, you remember, uh, he's, he takes us back to Exodus 12 when the children of Israel, amen. What did they had to do? They had to take a lamb or a goat of the first year. And God tells them that when he gets ready to bring them out, he said, this is going to be a new month and a new year. Amen. I'm going to start something fresh and a new for you. And he says, I want you to get a lamb, and you keep him. take him on the 10th day, and you keep it to the 14th day, which would be the day of atonement. And as a result, you put the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost, and when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. See, when you're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, it is applied to you. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The door to your life, amen, should have the blood. Out of the, Solomon says, out of the issues of life, amen, keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. So therefore, amen, as the blood is applied to your life, now you are starting to fresh new. That's why when you come up out of the waters of baptism, all things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. Now you have a new starting point. You have a new beginning. And as a result, now you walk according to the word of God. You walk by faith and not by sight. You you walk according to that wonderful word he has given to you. Amen. Praise God. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed from uh, passed upon all men, for they all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed or charged when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that have not sinned, even after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one man be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, have been bound unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one much more, They which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Notice, one man, Adam, sin, came. All. And by one man, grace came. Take it all away, Jesus Christ. Amen. Notice the Bible says he was a figure of the first. Amen. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The second, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Amen. Amen. They're both without father and without mother. God has no father, no mother. Adam had no father, no mother. He was created by God. Amen. So when you look at Scripture, notice you find constantly that that comment, figure. So Adam was a figure of Christ. And who else we find that was a figure of Christ? Isaac. Isaac became what? This offering of sacrifice for Abraham. See? And that's why I believe when the Bible says, Jesus says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Amen. Because he was getting ready to take Isaac out. He received him in a figure of Jesus Christ. An offering. Amen. The first begotten, the Hebrews says. When God says, offer up your only son, you know, of whom it was said in Isaac. Amen. Shall your seed be called. Accounting that God was what? Able to raise him from the dead from whence he had received them. From a figure. Amen. Kill Jesus. He's still going to get up. That's why Jesus says. No man can take my life from me. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it up again. Amen. So you see this one sacrifice. Was so much better. Than all the sacrifice. You think about all the animals. That was given as a sacrifice. And none of it. Could take away sins. None of it. Could make the the guy coming perfect. The Bible says. But this man. Just one offering. One sacrifice. At royal blood. Amen. Was able. To take away the sins. Of the whole world. And you don't ever need another. Amen. To do it. Matter of fact, Hebrews 10.26, I think, says, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no more sacrifice for sin. Okay. So we have to relearn how to repent and start getting it right quick. Because <laughs> we can't bring him up and we can't bring him down <laughs> again. When he come the next time, he's coming looking for a people without spot and without blemish. Amen. He's coming for us to take us back with him. So be you ready. This is why Paul said, The Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and a trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those of us remain will be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. Wherefore, comfort one another with those words. Amen. The dead in Christ. Shall rise first. Everybody's been born again of the water and the spirit in the name of Jesus. Woo, you're out of here. Yeah, I'm getting ready to leave this place. Those gates of pearls. Amen. There's, there's, the types. Amen. And shadows of those things. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 verse one through twelve real quick here. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinance of divine service in worldly sanctuary, for there was a tabernacle made. The first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holies of all, which had the golden censer and the art of the covenant overlaid around about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded in a table of covenants. And over it the cherubims of glory shattering the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particular. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God, but in the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signified that the way into the holies of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. So while the tabernacle in the wilderness was still there, amen, they couldn't get in. The only person who could go in was the high priest, see. So the Holy Ghost says, hey, now you can come. Amen. Where was I at here? Hey, which was a figure of the time present. And which we all offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. Notice, the priest couldn't even be made perfect. He had to do all that stuff and yet he couldn't be made perfect. As pertaining to the conscience. Which stood only in meats and drinks and divers, washing and carnal ordinance imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come, by a great and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered once and to the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. That's one offering. Amen. And I believe, and this is just me—I could be totally out in left field. I believe that when Mary Magdalene was at that at that grave, and when she went to touch Jesus, and He says, "Touch me not, for I have not ascended," because He was in the role of the high priest, and the high priest had to be cleaned in order to appear before the tabernacle or the holy of so all. And so, I believe that Jesus was. Prophetically said, look, don't touch me because I've got to get the blood on the mercy seat. Amen. So I can make a way for you. <laughs> Amen. That's just me. <laughs> praise God. Makes pretty good sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Amen. So, but notice, <laughs> praise God. Amen. So, the Christ being come and high priest of good things. To come. Notice, by a great and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, of, not of this building, neither by the blood of bulls, I mean calves and goats, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having eternal redemption for us. Amen. He's made a way. He's made a way, amen, for us. And there's no reason anybody should miss it. Amen. Because he's made the way for us. He's paved the way. He's opened the door. He says, I don't want every year you've got to keep bringing a bull or bringing a goat for a sacrifice. He that I'm tired of that. You know, he that I don't want that anymore. I'm going to just make it easy for you. And that's why serving Jesus is so easy. It's not hard. When you repent, when you're baptized in His name, knowing that your sins has been washed away, knowing that you've been forgiven, knowing that God has made a way for you to reign with Him forever and ever and ever, all you've got to do is just be a doer of His Word. Amen. And cling to that old rugged cross that's so despised by the world. And just keep going forward. Amen. We're going to a better place. This is why when you read the scriptures, he's made everything so much better. Amen. What does he tell us through Peter? Cast all your cares upon me, for I care it for you. You don't have to worry about carrying around the burdens. You don't have to worry about carrying around the carers. Amen. Amen. What did Solomon let us know? The way years ago, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Amen. What does the Psalms to say in Psalms 118? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Amen. Paul tells you in Philippians 4, Rejoice evermore. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He made something better for me. And I will be a fool not to have it. Amen did Mike Perky in that song? He says God's still in the miracle working business. Hey, Amen. What are you doing wearing those heavy burdens? Why are you walking around with your head so low? Don't you know that this is the hour for that Holy Ghost power? I just thought that you would might like to know God's still in the miracle business. God still make devils run. <laughs> Come on. A better sacrifice. Wow. To know better things He has prepared by Him coming. Galatians 4.4 4 says, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that was under the law, that we might become sons or adopted into the family of God. Made it better. We was out. He made it better. Amen. You can look at our world and say, Man, I can remember I had an outhouse, but somebody came along and said, Hey, can you have a bathroom in your house. They made it better. We used to ride a mule. Somebody said, Hey, we can build a car, it made it better. Somebody got some wisdom and said, Hey, we can fly. They made it better. Think of all the things in the world that is better, but none of it compares to the wisdom and the knowledge of Almighty God. I and mean, the things that He has made for us was so much better. Amen. Just one offering for sin, one blood offering took away it all. Amen. Verse 25 through 28, chapter 9. Nor yet that He should offer Himself often as the high priest entered in the holy place every year with blood for others, for well, then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, have he appeared to put away sins by the sacrifice of himself. Wow. See, this is why when you read this passage right here, notice, to put away sins by that one sacrifice by himself. This is why Paul, right into the church, when you get to the sixth chapter, he says, sin should not have dominion over you. See? Sin should not control you. You should control sin. See, this is why the Lord told Cain, you know, after he killed Abel. The Lord says, Cain, if you do right, you'll be accepted. But if not, what's going to happen? Sin is right there at the door. And he says, it should not control you. You're supposed to control it. See, sin is not supposed to have the meaning over a Holy Ghost field baptizing Jesus' name. Believer, you're supposed to control it. It's not supposed to control you. Same well, your flesh isn't supposed to control you as a born-again believer. It's supposed to control it. See? Because why? He made things better. See? He made you with power. He gave you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall harm you. you in control. Amen. Of your destiny. He just says, I'm going to make a better way for you. See? And so therefore, because he's made a better way for me, I've got to follow that better way. This is why Jeremiah 6.16, he says, stand you and ask, where is the good way? Where is the old paths? And walk in it. And what happened? You'll find rest for your soul. you have that contentment. you have that serenity. you have that calmness. You'll, you'll be at peace with yourself. You'll be at peace with others. Because you're walking in the right way. Say, God has made it better. Amen. A new covenant, he says, I'll make with them, saith the Lord. I'm going to put my law in their hearts and write it in their minds so everybody will know me. Say, So when you get the Holy Ghost... You're supposed to know, man. (laughs) You're supposed to know. He's made it better. See? I can come into the holies of holies. I can kneel, as the song says, and make my petitions known. I can go into the holies of holies. Although I'm just a common man, because of God's redemption plan, I can boldly approach the throne. See, that's why the writer says in the fourth chapter of Hebrews, verse 16, he says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Why? Because he made it better. Before, I couldn't come. But now I can come boldly. I can call upon him. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. One offering. Of sins. Took it away. And as an appointed, the man wants to die. But after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. See that passage take you right back to Isaiah 53. Where Isaiah says he will bear the iniquities of many. When you read the last part of Isaiah 53. See he will bear the iniquities of many. He, he was made the intercessor of transgressors. See, he he bears it all. That's why he's the only one. (laughs) Think of all the people that get saved. He's bearing everybody's sins. Cast all your cares upon me. I care for you. Amen. For a minute. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin. Because God can't sin. And he's coming to take you home to eternal salvation, eternal life. So that we can reign with him forever and ever and ever, Amen. Isaiah said, he shall see of the jubile of his soul and shall be satisfied. Amen. God is going to be satisfied. Amen. When you look at Mark chapter 2, when Jesus is in the house, what to transpire. They tear the roof off the house. And Jesus just looks up and says, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Take up that bed and walk. Better. He made it better. Amen. For you and I. Amen. Oh my. It's eight o'clock. Where did time go? Amen. Tell me I talked for an hour. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Amen. God is so awesome. Amen. He's made everything better for us. Amen. Something beautiful. Something good. All my confusions, Jesus understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. Aren't you glad?